What's going on, everybody? This is City Wrestling Radio, and this this is our WrestleMania 36 post show. I'm your host, Corey Smith, in the Diamond Studio with my co-host today, joined via Skype on the other side of the city, Mr. Michael Vergara. Ladies and gentlemen, what a season, what a season. WrestleMania season, as we like to call it, the proverbial showcase of the immortals. And my goodness, some things were definitely immortalized tonight. What an incredibly, an incredibly bizarre two nights of wrestling. It is almost been... to a, almost to a point where I'm. I feel like I could just like not watch wrestling for the rest of the. Well, at least th- this whole un- unpleasantness just blows over. You know, like I feel like this is just this is the this is it. This is the season finale of wrestling. Yes, I I do kind of at the same time. I'm like, okay, that was fun. Now are are we just gonna stop or what's going on, guys? Because you guys are promoting another pay per view. I saw that there. Yeah, they did the Money in the Bank thing, um, and it's I think, well, they kind of have no choice. But there were reports that yesterday and today they were filming stuff more Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. So, God, who knows? Wow. With, God only knows what's going on on that front end. I mean, where they are filming that entire like I think they're in they're still in Orlando. Are I they, think the entire state is. QT Marshall's gym, maybe? No, I don't think so. But then, like, they're what they're where they are at. It's uh, it's more or less in lockdown, which, you know, yeah, no ins, no outs. No. They're living there. Whatever, whoever, whichever superstars filmed in those particular locations are stuck there now, and they get to get all their DoorDash and Uber Eats deliveries to that location. Make sure you tip. Yeah, please. please. Dashers really, 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 really generously. Very generous. Like, give me twenty bucks in cash and then thirty bucks on the app, and then. I mean them, not me. You don't beat around the bush there. Um, but yeah, WrestleMania, um, much like Wrestle Kingdom, two nights. Two and nights. Honestly, what did you think of the two night? Uh, the the whole idea of it being two nights. The fact that like I wasn't opposed to it, honestly. Really? Like they were okay. Listen, the fact that these were pre-recorded and had like a kind of more or less just like a deadline, or just had like. They had control of the time, yeah, more so than any other WrestleMania. Yeah, in theory, this would be really good. They were like, like two, three-hour shows, right? If you give me just two days, but then they're both, yeah, like you said, like both three-hour, four-hour shows, I would be okay with that. Yeah, um, I did not feel. I honestly feel very energized coming out coming out of this, rather than just just sheer dread here's the like, thing no no the sheer dread of like when it's like seven o'clock and my god we got like six more matches to go here's the thing though at the same time like i think like yeah i think we're all at a point right now where we can be like okay what am i gonna do i guess i'll watch two days of wrestlemania but it's, you know right now i feel like every year like wrestlemania is an event for me I, you know i'm like what am i gonna eat what am i gonna drink you know how is this gonna go down where am i gonna what, watch it what watch party are you gonna host exactly so in my opinion having to do that two days in a row just from my house was kind of like holy vey i'm gonna okay i guess oddly, it was oddly relaxing yeah um and then i just thought about people trying to do it two nights going to a mania you know live uh, how that would be, you know, getting into the state. Like, think about what happened last year at 35 in New York, having to do that two nights in a row. Like, if that happens on Saturday night and you're like, great, now I got to go back again. I mean, how did you feel about Wrestle Kingdom? Uh, Wrestle Kingdom, I, uh, it was different though, because Wrestle Kingdom, I felt their best matches were on the first night. 
you know, really? um, where, uh, you know, so the uh, second night was kind of like, okay, like I'll, I'll have fun with it and I'll watch it, you know? Um, yeah, fair enough. but the, you know, with this WrestleMania, I felt like the best show was second night. So, you know, I think this one, they gave us a lot to look forward to. I think there was pick and choose for both nights in my opinion, but I, the, the overall best, most awesome, well, yeah, the most overall best, most awesome stuff went like it, pe- it peaked at the second night. I'll say that the, 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 the highest of the highs was at the second night while the lowest of lows was also in that second night, which we will most likely, uh, I mean, get to. It, I mean, I don't know. What did you, what did you think of the overall show though? Uh, the overall show, I mean, I felt like we can't sit here and be like, oh, well, you know, I wouldn't have done this. And a lot of things about wrestling and we're starting to learn, especially with WrestleMania, is that you kind of have to grade on a curve. Crowds really make the show. You know what I mean? Especially with WrestleMania. It's, oh, no it's just not the excitement that it once was. And, you know, but nonetheless, they were thrown a curveball and they they did a good job. You know, they. Like- like that uh, Otis match, the Otis Dolph Ziggler match, I guarantee you would have been one of the biggest pops in WrestleMania history. Yeah, yeah. no, definitely. You no, know? um, and you can't do the Firefly Funhouse had there been a crowd like that's this, true. Like WrestleMania, like WWE. I'll just say this as a whole in WWE in general, like where their best stuff always happens when it's out of their control. Yeah, you know, you know, WWE. I mean, WWE, like SmackDown. When um when all their talent was trapped in Saudi Arabia, they had to get a bunch of NXT people in. That's was highly regarded as one of the best SmackDowns wow. in a very long time. And wasn't and there then, a point where everyone got like mono because they were all kissing each other? No, that was uh, meningitis. Oh yeah, yeah, that was meningitis for the Roman Reigns uh, TLC match, and fucking Kurt Angle had to replace Roman Reigns, and, yeah, and AJ then, Styles had to replace uh, Bray Wyatt. And so we had we had Bray Wyatt or we had uh, Finn Balor versus AJ Styles. So that was pretty, pretty neato. Um, it's yeah, yeah, I and also this was just a testament of just an opening of the, if, if my one of my main takeaways of this WrestleMania was just the opening of the eyes of WWE embracing the pre-recorded match, the pre-recorded cinema, cinematic, highly edited, uh, whatever the fuck that was match. Yeah. You know um, that I don't. We will we'll probably get into it a lot more, but that Firefly Funhouse, man, it's. I feel like I need to be. I feel like I need to be. You know, I feel like I need lottery numbers. Are there still lottery? Is the lottery still going on? Well, we'll get. We'll get there. Well, from, you, as far as what I, I mean, said, you but, got uh, there. You've already been there. Uh, and, you, uh, you know, you, yeah. I mean, I guess you won the prediction edition ad, ad, yet again uh, for WrestleMania. I mean, this is your what twenty sixth. Prediction win in city wrestling radio history. Sure, why not? It's because I think, like I think WWE booking the way they think WWE booking, and not just my own guttural fantasies. I don't know. I just don't know. I just don't. <laughs> but guys, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe at CWR four one five. That's on Facebook, also Twitter and Instagram. You can like, share, like I said, and subscribe to us all in there. Uh, soundcloud.com slash city wrestling radio is our home for where we post all of our podcasts weekly the b show uh, where we talk about aew and nxt uh, aew dynamite to be precise and sometimes we talk about other stuff are we uh, really going to talk about nxt like for, oh wait no there's stuff going on in nxt this week never mind yeah yeah um and you know also you know we don't know what's going to happen in the future so we might talk about other stuff in the past of wrestling because you know 
Yeah. That's how it is. This is how, how it is. is. We got to deal with the hand given to us. Like I said, SoundCloud.com slash City Wrestling Radio or other fine podcast delivery applications. Uh, Apple. There's Google. Stitcher. CastBox. And There's Google. Google. There's Google. Check them out. Check us out there. At CWR405. And guys, uh, I never said this in a while, but don't uh, send us in your comments, questions, and anything you have, anything you thought about WrestleMania 36, or anything you think about going into Money in the Bank. Tell us what's good. Tell us what sucks. Um, um, you know, Money in the Bank might be the first pay per view back to a live audience. We don't know. God willing, um, I I highly doubt it. You but... know, uh, we May was it May first? First now, we was the date. Jeez, I mean, uh, last I heard, it was Easter. Oh, no, Easter's like in a week. So no. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's what the Trumpster says. I don't listen to him. Anywho, guys, uh yeah, like us. Oh, but also buy our merch. We got merch. There's a link below. Teespring. Yeah, we we kind of forgot about that, but there there is a merch store we have and we What do you What what is that? What are you tapping on? Cuz I can hear that. Oh, sorry. That's my uh wine glass. Yeah, don't 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 play with it. What? You can hear that? Yeah. I'm kidding. Anyways, let's talk about WrestleMania, shall we? Sure. Night uh, one. Night one. It kicked off with a, a very a very nice uh, video package of all the America the Beautiful songs singing, being sung before all the past WrestleManias. My favorite, Ray Charles. Very, very good job he did singing America the Beautiful. That was good. Yeah, yeah. It's a good video package. Um, better than I think. Wait, hold on, hold on. Before you start the America the Beautiful, it starts off with Stephanie McMahon oh, God. saying, hello, everybody. Calm <laughs> down. Your well, mom is here. Welcome to WWE Home Video. What you are about to see in the ongoing the crisis that's going on for what would, could not be named. Yeah, it was, it was Stephanie McMahon just pretty much saying, they're there. They're there. Watch this okay. Mom's here. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, and like you said, then it went into the video package. Stephanie is weird. Uh, um, (laughs) So then we had this opening intro video package for WrestleMania, uh, which, you know, it starts out with like them, you know, it's all uh, Pirates of the Caribbean style. And then it gets all breaking the fourth wall with some, you know, guy who sounds like Ricky Gervais in the background. I thought he sounded like fucking John Oliver. They like, it's like, it's just a video of them looking like chimney sweeps and then John Oliver just burying all of I them. I feel like we just all thought it was the first English person we knew that was funny. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like we were like, oh, English accent, funny. Okay, it's this person. John Oliver's funnier. He is. I agree. Um, but then it cuts. Then you hear like somebody sounding like Johnny Depp playing Jack Sparrow. It, it's it, it was weird. It's, it was kind it was of like fun. on like it was just off the cuff editing like live like, oh, no, cut that. OK, make sure this is in the background. And and like, honestly, though, like it was what? funny. I liked it the no, first night. I didn't really like this video because I saw like a really good video inside this one i if they just went if they didn't do all this silliness i thought this would have been a fairly entertaining like opening video of just yeah. them looking like look kofi kingston with his freaking morning star or uh yeah and uh becky with her axe like well, i the, thought then there was those clips of it, like uh seth rollins like standing in front of like horses running on a green you know what i mean like and seth rollins stomping on fucking giant enemy crabs he didn't and, stomp on him he did this thing where he he just opened his arms and admitted power fucking to cut Drew the crab- Mac- yeah, Drew McIntyre attempting to kick a fucking gigantic squid. Like, I actually liked what they were going with that. And it makes me think, like, 
you think they just went in this direction because the rest of WrestleMania was just sort of a clusterfuck anyway. Might as well just make it in on brand. Like to make this intro on brand with what's going on in the production uh, right now. And I just thought there was a really cool video. And like AC, like say what you will about the overusage of ACDC. I thought it was a pretty cool song for those about to rock. We salute you. I thought that was actually a really cool song to start off with WrestleMania. And I just, they were really, they really bought that whole catalog of ACDC songs, didn't they? It's McMahon really loves ACDC. He lives, he loves ACDC kid rock and flow writer. Poor, poor weekend, you know, poor the weekend. He had the song going into it. It's a good song. Blinding lights. You may, you may have heard it out there. I'll sing a little bit for you to hear today. That might be the most culturally relevant theme song that WWE has had in quite some time. Like yeah. they really kind of, they really. It was went. weird for it to be the theme of a uh, pirate pay per view, but sure, hey, that's a song. It doesn't matter. It's a good song. I liked. I really like the song. It plays in my it plays in my work all the time, and I, I dance to it sometimes and pretend like I'm dancing in the middle of Las Vegas streets with a bloody mouth. Uh huh. Yeah. Anyways, uh, kicked off. Then it kicked off again with Gronk. Because uh, he's the host of the show, it's Gronk Mania. Right. Yay! Uh, and uh, him—he seems like he's reading off cue cards the entire time. I mean, you can see his eyes darting from left to right. My name is on. Rob Gronkowski, and, and I when am I'm the... when I'm not too busy making touchdowns, Next card. I'm busy hosting <laughs> WrestleMania. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, then he, he acted like a YouTuber. It was just whatever. And he was with Mojo Raleigh. Just look at my friend. It's Mojo Raleigh. Look at me. It's Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> then we go into our first match of the evening. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross versus the Kabuki Warriors. Uh, and welcome back your favorite commentator to the staff, JBL. Jables. Yeah, he's he's back, baby. Mago. Mago. Him and Mago are back together at the commentary table. The less said about him, the better. Yeah. Um, Alexa Bliss and uh, Nikki Cross come out. They have match, new matching gear. Did you see Kyrie saying she came down with her pirate gear on again? She seemed super checked out. Honestly, yeah. This entire match. Yeah. She. Uh, it was. It was very weird. Um, well, the pirate themed WrestleMania for the pirate themed. Pirate princess. It's, it, it, it must be so disheartening for this to go this way. I'll just say that. Yeah. So I wouldn't blame her for being so. She was out. like, man, I was going to come out on that fucking boat. Like this WrestleMania is made for me. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm going to have I'm going to have my legs be crushed by Alexa Bliss when she falls. Yeah. And also uh, when Oscar was doing Oscar. What is up with Oscar doing that weird like dance, man? What's up with Oscar and every anything? Oh. Like, I know people are super into whatever Oscar's doing. I'm I'm really. Are they? Not. Yeah, yeah. People are just like, oh, she has so much charisma. She brings so much liveliness to the commentary, and I'm just, why? It's like I know, I know it's another language, but to me, it's just like it gets kind of annoying, and it, and and it kind of just and it and I say this about like all WWE heels, heel women heels, where they use like noise for heat. Like you saw this with Melina when she did that screech, and you see that with Iconics <laughs> matches. Yeah. Like it's. It's just go away heat for me, honestly. And I can just never. And it's. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. uh, The it was it was a match. I mean, I I don't know. Uh, That's so during the match. This went 15 minutes and five seconds. Alexa Bliss with the twisted bliss to Kyrie Sane's uh, knees, which cannot be good for either Kyrie Sane's knees or Alexa Bliss's head. But that's when I first noticed the um, the third commentator of the match. 
the ceiling fan above the stadium or above oh, yes. the performance center. That's just literally about 15 feet above their head, and it's just a regular ceiling fan. The, really... only, fan, the only fan in attendance of this show. <laughs> uh, but no, I... Um... It really did like scale everything down for me once I saw that. I'm like, it looked like they were in a gym. At oh, that the point. entire set looked real amateur hour. I think that was one of like that's when people were just like, Oh, this is gonna be this WrestleMania. Like people expected I, I myself expected something like some more pop and circumstance for like of this show, but to really just replace all the all the graph all the raw graphics or SmackDown graphics to just WrestleMania and just add a bit more lasers. I was I was I, thinking I like, liked oh, it. I liked it. Show? show i mean i don't know i liked it i, I thought mean, it was no okay choice. i can't really i can't really rag them on that badly but at least put put something a little bit more but they had the wrestlemania they? sign mm. yeah, yeah 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 um like you said nonetheless uh the end of the match at alexa bliss hitting a twisted bliss to Kyrie sane's knees pin one two three the two time uh wwe women's tag team champions alexa bliss and nikki cross our champion. Sure, why not? Okay. Uh, that means you'll get to see more of Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss back on Monday Night Raw and possibly NXT. I gotta say though, like Nikki Cross, like when her vest opened, like that sport bra was getting work. <laughs> like it was just ready. Like ah, I can't take this anymore, Nikki. You gotta end this match or else you know. <laughs> you were like Dave Chappelle That's- in that episode of The Chappelle Show. You were like, I felt bad because I was looking at her like. Yeah. Please let it pop open, but then it didn't. So I, I mean, I'm just I'm just worried about I am just worried about that sports bra just in and of itself. As a, I want her to keep using that. You know, yeah. just like it's gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. Put in work. It, she, they both put in work. This was actually kind of an all right match, to yeah. be honest with you. Yeah, really, was it? Like it was. I mean, they it, worked really hard. They were. Really, you can tell these. You these can't. I mean, can you really judge the match that hard because it's pre-taped, it's edited? How many times did they redo stuff? There were some spots where. I was kind of like, oh, yeah, no, they were clearly edited. There were some really weird cuts. Uh, There were some spots even where they didn't even know what they were doing. There was like a spot where Kyrie was like bent over, like waiting, like Nikki was tagged in Alexa and they didn't know what they were doing for a second. And I don't know. I just wasn't a fan of this match at all. But I'm really not a fan of Alexa Bliss matches at all. So the fourth longest match in this card of the both shows. No, this is the first night. Uh, then we have Sammy saying he's backstage with Kayla. He said he'll retain the title tonight. Uh, King Corbin versus Elias. Yeah. Who, who cares? The most built-up match of this show. King Corbin versus let's Elias. Not, let's not deny it. It was. Elias died, but then he came back, and then he beat Corbin in nine minutes. Uh, with, a, with a roll-up uh, victory, Corbin's... Hilly so steel. we're continuing this. We're going to get more of this, Corey. Aren't you excited? Well, Are that's you ready to review this show you, every week. You know, that's how Baron Corbin loses all the time is by a roll up. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That's how he lost his. Was it the money in the bank? Yeah. 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 Uh, so he lost uh, in a roll up to Elias. Pin win. Then we have uh, Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler. And this is where I kind of started to. <laughs> to um... <laughs> that's, a, that's the sound of a truck. Yeah, um, so Becky Lynch, you know, she still has her truck. I wonder if she'll keep driving to the arena in it after this. Hey, she she paid that direct deposit. She's damn it, she's going to use it. Sure, you know, I'm going to use the truck and I'm going to get to the arena with my new fancy gold jacket. Thanks, Roddy Piper. Yeah, no. Um... So they have a match. I they go back and forth. Really interesting. This is this is third and also the first women's match. You would assume 
one would assume this would be positioned higher in the card, but after watching this match, I'm kind of not surprised. Well, I mean, I didn't. I felt like they've done this finish before with Shayna Baszler at least two times in NXT. I wouldn't. I mean, yeah, sure, maybe like in a throwaway NXT, but then I remember her being really resoundingly protected. No, this is how she lost to Kyrie Sane, isn't it? I guess. I don't know. I don't remember. Where Kyrie Sane uh, flipped over. But nonetheless, uh, the end of the match had. Uh, it was the Roddy Piper, Bret Hart, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Bret Hart finish. Yeah, where Kyrie saying, and her no, uh, where Shayna Baszler has uh, Becky Lynch and the Kira Fuda clutch. Becky Lynch rolls backwards, kind of on top of her. Shayna has her shoulders pinned. One, two, three, and Becky Lynch retains her title. And uh, I can see this continuing onwards. Um, it's, I, I don't know. I, they. I wasn't really a big fan of this match. I thought the really? finish was really was was really sort of abrupt. I I did I was really thinking this would be have a more prominent part of the show, but if they want to continue it, I guess is the direction to go go with. Like, if yeah, I don't know. There's not much to say about it. Like Shayna Baszler never blew me away anyway. Ever, I never really looked forward to any of her matches yeah. in the first place. So like, what makes me excited for more Shayna? excuse me more Shayna Baszler matches um she didn't impress me in this match like it's it kind of just felt the same match every time and uh and I and I know I'm being a little bit too hard on Shayna so I mean I'll, I'll say it like Becky Lynch she she didn't blow me away either like it was just I'll say the Ray Ripley Charlotte Flair match was way more impressive oh yeah Maybe. but we'll get there yeah it's like as far as like two matches between main roster and NXT people like yeah. It really showed. It really showed Shayna's cards. Yeah, it's called the Queen of Hearts. And then we get uh, Sami Zayn uh, defeating Daniel Bryan in nine minutes and twenty seconds to retain his Intercontinental Title. My goodness, like the, the, Bryan worked PWG ROH he, like Brian Danielson's levels of stiff here. He murdered Sami Zayn for a good bit. Walk us through this match, Michael, because I didn't take notes on it. He, he kicks the shit out of him a lot of times. Uh, Shinsuke. Uh, Shinsuke Cesaro um, do a bunch of uh, distractions. So Drew Gulak kind of just takes care of them. Throws Daniel, Daniel Bryan's cousin. Yes. Um, and then Daniel Bryan, uh, Sami Zayn attempts to leave. Daniel Bryan says, all right, leave. Do it, you son of a bitch, you coward. What? And so he, no, he, he goes he goes Sami Zayn into leaving towards the ramp. And then Daniel Bryan just runs up to him, runs up to Sami Zayn into the ramp. He throws him. He he kicks his ass some more. And then Cesaro and Shinsuke, they come back. They start beating on Drew Gulak. And then Drew Gulak – this wasn't actually conveyed that well in the show. But like Drew Gulak tells Bryan to go to the top rope. So Bryan goes to the top rope. And then at, like just fresh off this whole um, schmoz that's been going on, uh, Brian jumps jumps towards Sami Zayn and walks straight into a haluva a, a variation of a haluva kick, a modified so, haluva kick. Yep. And uh, Sami Zayn pins Daniel Bryan to retain the Intercontinental Champion in about nine minutes and twenty seconds. I wanted more time out of this. Um, if I were thinking selfishly, I would have hoped like Brian would win the Intercontinental Championship and then just be the Intercontinental Champion going forward. But I just thought when this match was over, like, okay, Daniel, please get out of here, go to the hotel and isolate, and then once you get cleared, uh, be with your family, just sit this one out. Well, you and literally have the five, probably five of the best wrestlers 
on SmackDown yeah. in, of, involved in this match right here. Sami Zayn, Cesaro, Shinsuke Nakamura, Daniel Bryan, and Drew Gulak, you know? Oh, and, um, just, a, just, a, just a bit of an aside. Cesaro beat Drew Gulak in the pre-show, 4 minutes, 25 seconds. It was actually pretty good for what it was. Yeah, um, yeah I... It had a story. I really, I thought the story was solid. I, if in a perfect world, I would hope Sami Zayn would not just be the cowardly manager heel and to just be essentially like be a wrestler. He's like, he's kind of turning into this like he's turning into like this dictator type. I mean, yeah, he has the whole Castro like Fidel Castro kind of like righteous sort of. I was thinking more of Che Guevara, but yeah, sure. I mean. Who was Fidel Castro's right hand man in the? Yeah. Um. So, like for well, for well, who Sami Zayn is, he's still really good at what he does. It's just I want him to be so much more. Yeah. 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 Uh, did you hear uh, Kevin Owens ran into Sami Zayn on his way to the grocery store? It was posted on Twitter. It was hilarious. Are killing the business. They are killing the business. Next up, we have a triple threat singles match for the WWE SmackDown Tag they, Team Championships. They what, announced do, this as a triple threat match on an episode of The Bump the morning of. Yeah, okay, because I was going to say, I know you watch The Bump. You're no, big, I don't. You're a big fan of the, <laughs> You talk about The Bump oh, all yes, the time. Oh, uh, no, never mind. I am. Yep, that's me, Michael Vergara, number one fan of The Bump. You see my Bump shirt? It just says The Bump. It's Levi Strauss, The Bump. Yeah. Yeah. And nonetheless, uh, yeah, I, I thought I completely missed it. Um, I heard about this being a triple threat singles match because The Miz apparently was injured. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge by coronavirus. No, not that. He uh, he, he, he got sick. He showed up anyway, like the idiot he is. And that's why Roman he, Reigns pulled out of the show, too. And this is why we got the show for what it was. He almost so, gave yep. he almost gave Roman a virus. So Roman had to pull out. Yeah, uh, you're st- I'm still hearing the stu- the show the shuffle. <sighs> I'll stop. I'm sorry. Uh, it's just, um, yeah. Anyways, John Morrison uh, defeated Jimmy Uso and Kofi Kingston, kind of, sort of. I mean, he did technically, like I said, in the triple threat ladder match where all three of the men were on top of the two ladders. Um, they're fighting. They all kind of grab the titles down, and that's when Kofi Kingston and I think was it Jay Jimmy Uso punch john morrison he falls backwards with the titles and retains the titles for him and Le Miz. so so there was a there was a point in this uh in this match where um john morrison he uh i don't know if you mentioned this uh he went from one side of the ring to another to do a spanish fly oh yeah, across the, the ropes fly, across the ropes and then jbl just said like a young kurt hennig and i'm like yep I definitely remember the times when Mr. Perfect would just straight up, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, do Spanish flies off the top rope. Well, didn't he? In, um, didn't he run back across AWA? <laughs> didn't he run across the top rope without holding anyone, like from one side to another? Dude, John Morrison was no joke. Was legit, very impressive in this match. He's probably like, one of the most athletic people I've ever seen, met in person. Y- yeah, that's quite that's quite the barometer. Corey. And I, I've I've met Matt. It's quite the distinction. Remember, Matt Riddle said they had, oh, they have pizza. Nice. Yep. Um, yeah, they these guys worked really hard. They did. Um, I the the finish of the match I thought was kind of was was very creative. I I know there were people who didn't like it, but I just thought like, oh, you know, that's that's I guess that's one way to to do that. Mm-hmm. And I just yeah. 
It's, it's it was whatever. I liked it. Then we move on to Kevin Owens defeating Seth Rollins, the Monday Night Messiah. Who Not came, once, but twice. Who <laughs> came out uh, dressed like Jesus. Or a prophet, I don't know. I, I don't or he know. just dressed up like Andrade Cien Andrade. He was like, hey, Andrade, you got something he up has, more? He has the man bun and he has the all white here. Like, yeah, this guy just looks like a white Andrade. Yeah. Well, he's not white. He's, he's, he's Hispanic as well, he's right? A, no, no, he's a, I, think he's, I think he's half Armenian, half Hispanic. I don't know. Kobe Lopez, yeah. whatever. So, probably. Uh, so, what happens in this match is the two go back and forth. Uh, Seth Rollins gets himself disqualified uh, by hitting Kevin Owens with the ring bell. Um, that's when he starts to walk away, and Kevin Owens uh, says, you know, like, were you going to be a coward bitch or something like that, right? No, so the second part of that match, when they – um when So they had a no-DQ match. Comes back, yeah, yeah. Owens says, he's like, hey, good, no DQ. And so Seth Rollins, he says – Come over here, you fat piece of crap. And I think that's the first time someone has ever like really acknowledged Kevin Owens' look. And I that 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 got a pop out of me. Yeah. Just Seth Rollins' delivery of that entire of that entire line, I I laughed a good three minutes. Yeah. Um. So yeah, then they go back. They have their match. And uh, was it Kevin Owens wins after doing something? I didn't get the end of this match. He jumped off the WrestleMania sign onto Seth Rollins. Into a ta- to the announce table, and then like a bunch of stuff, other a bunch of other stuff happened, and then Kevin Owens just you know delivers a stunner and he wins, and he wins twice. I thought this was I thought it was really good. I like this was the best match that these two could possibly have in the circumstances. Yeah, um, yeah, and that, we, was, and that was pretty much it. Then we I go, liked it. What's up? Hey, I liked it. Then we go to the shortest match of the night, which is for the highest prize title. In the WWE for the Universal Championship, Goldberg Honestly, defending against a... Braun Strowman. Uh, when was this announced on the Bump too? When you had your coffee watching the Bump? No, straight up, just Friday Night SmackDown. So Ariel Hawani, uh, famed ESPN MMA reporter, he had an interview with one Paul Levesque. You hey, may know him hey, as Triple yeah. H. Hey, yeah. And so Ariel Hawani asked him about this question about Roman Reigns and. No joke, not verbatim, but what Triple H basically said was, you know, we aching ourselves as sort of like people say like we're more of a sports like thing, but I ache into ourselves as the Rocky version of what we show. And um, I would it would I would just be giving away the, there's a deeper storyline for why Roman is taken out of the card. And I just don't want to spoil the coronavirus. The, the no, no. Spoil the storyline of what happens what led to this match and lo and behold there was no storyline it was straight up just an announcement of braun Strowman facing goldberg and like you hear uh, like we heard tons of speculation regarding the reason why there was no angle um alvarez and Meltzer they said they must have filmed something but it was just nipped in the bud but then this sort of just makes well, Triple H they look said, super fucking foolish they said, in this entire you know, they 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 might have filmed something but Vince might have hated it um yeah I mean, that's kind of that's just that's just what the only thing you got to just conclude because yeah. they had to have they Definitely. there had to have been something that you know Vince just hated um Braun Strowman Goldberg four spears four slams Braun wins new champion uh yeah, we, I, what do you think about putting Braun that title Strowman. on uh, Braun Strowman? I think they would have just take they I think the plan all along was to take the title out of Goldberg. 
Um, yeah. The idea of Braun Strowman being champion, I, I just the the it's just like it's a universal championship. Like I really hold no credence to that whatsoever. No matter how much they kind of tout it as the head honcho, the the one A title, and I'm just like, no way, dude. Well, it's like, the entertainment title. Which, yeah, I mean, it's just not after not after what you did with not after what you when you gave it to the Fiend, not after when you you when you've been giving it to Goldberg, not after any of that stuff. And I just never I. I don't think I'll ever see the Universal Champ because to me, I think the WWE Championship, and clearly they think so too. That I see the WWE Championship more superior to the Universal Championship. Oh, I always have because the lineage also, but then just yeah. the Universal Championship, I just think it's just it's the fruit roll-up title. Yeah, well now it's blue. I mean, it's blue. Now, I mean, it's, it's, now it's Arctic blue, Arctic blue raspberry. Yeah, and uh, Braun, like sure, and I'm just coming away with it, just like yeah, sure, Braun, give it to Braun. It's not like it's not like anybody else was doing it anybody else was making that title entrance interesting yeah. um he looked excited it's funny. The it's title. Funny. he looked really excited winning like once it was like he pinned him he was like oh my god i'm the champion oh my it's god funny. like braun Strowman losing that intercontinental championship and then getting a title shot and then getting winning that title i'm like oh yeah no that's wwe booking for you yeah. and then we go to the main event of night one it's the boneyard match you know, it's The Undertaker versus AJ Styles in a boneyard. She's talking like a southern dude because this is a big this is a big gruff fight between two big southern dudes. I was trying to talk like The Undertaker. If I want to talk like AJ Styles, I could talk like AJ Styles. I can do uh, how old, Hey, Corey, how old am I? How old am I? What's my wife's name? Uh, how, I, I what's my wife's name? I, I don't know. I think I think your wife's name is Michelle, sir. <laughs> Uh, no, but this was the Boneyard match filmed on location by the NXT production team. Um, what did you What did you think of this? Uh, you know, I, I, you were talking all about it last night or and this morning. You know, in the void, yes. Um, uh, this well, if you didn't, if for listeners who didn't watch it, go watch it. We're not going to directly describe it to you as we haven't been really describing any of these matches. Okay, so what happened was. <laughs> No, but this was – you ever see – this was direct-to-DVD action movie schlock between the biker dude and the racist southern guy. Who'd, yeah, yeah. And the biker dude who's also racist. Um, it's I, like it's like the guy who wants to take out a drug plant and the guy who owned is like the drug lord. And AJ you ever was the drug movie Scorpion King? With The Rock? Yeah, this is like the, the, the direct-to-video sequel to The Scorpion King where they added a bunch of MMA fighters and B-list movie actors. Just mm-hmm. it's that's that's part and parcel to the quality of this very fight. Like this was this was Roadhouse Five. So what happened was the Undertaker comes in, he's the the return of the American badass, sans Kid he Rock. Interest of Metallica. What? He enters to Metallica. Yeah, no, no Kid Rock, no Limp Bizkit. I'm a little bummed by that, but you know we have I would to consider this a bit of an upgrade, Corey. <laughs> yeah, some people would, but I don't. Um, you know, AJ AJ Styles appears though first. You think it's the Undertaker coming into his uh, Undertaker music, but AJ comes out of a hearse. If you think about it, that means AJ had to ride in a hearse the entire way to the Boneyard. So that's weird. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna wait back here. Just close the hearse. I'll be fine. It, it's three hours. No, wait, and action. And then, like, no, they had to. They, the, when the camera was on, before the camera was on, yeah. he went to the coffin. 
Uh, so they all battle back and forth. Uh, at one point, Undertaker does uh, go to punch AJ Styles, but misses, hits the uh, like a, was it like the limousine or the oh, it was the hearse that brought AJ. Uh, and then he has all these fake cuts on his arms. He's like, God damn it, I cut myself again. Look what you made me do, man. I'm Look so old. I'm so old. My skin cuts easily now. That's just what happens when you get older, AJ. Alan Jones. Uh, yes. I mean, they had a good match. I mean, it wasn't. It was just a fight, you know. And oh, I, I thought it was great. I thought this was filmed. Did you really- like it? I mean, I don't. I, I, don't I loved know. this. Like it was I, like it was like was, like you said it was like action movie. Yeah. No, this was like uh, to be honest, like something like this adds five years to Undertaker's career. Like you can tell based based on the positive reception this this was getting. Like this might be the go to ipso facto Undertaker match from now on. Like you could totally do this with Sting. Like you could totally do this with anybody. That in fact, I'm actually kind of looking forward to what other stuff they can do yeah. with this. I mean, Jeremy Boras just earned himself a fucking job for life. Hey, I this. called that. I called that. I said Boris was going to produce that. I think everybody did, though. You know what? Don't take that away from me. Sure, why not? I'll, I'll play that back too. Okay. Um. So this, yeah, I thought it was really entertaining. Um, the whole the druids, the whole like the nin, like the, the and all of a sudden ninjas appear. Like you had Dark Order like tweeting, "Oh, that's not us." Um, <laughs> I thought that was really humorous. Maybe it's the guys. Maybe it's Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wild. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Is you like you weren't. I never took it seriously and I was just like a lot going along with it. And I, it was better. It, it was better it was than cool. any right to be. It was cool. Yeah. Then we soon learned that, uh, in this match, how you win, it's a bury alive match. Yep. Um, and you know, AJ tries to bury undertaker. He gets him in the grave first. He goes in the tractor to pour the dirt on him. And then undertaker teleports behind him because he's the American badass. And when you support America and love tigers, you can teleport. So that happened. He knocked uh, AJ. He didn't he like do something like he, he like hugged AJ. And no, he just. Yeah, because it was he, he's like, know, it's all right, AJ. No, it's all right. You 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 had a hell of a fight. You really you tried. You tried. Good for you. I'm the dead man. And so he turns around and then he just kicks AJ straight into the pit of dirt six feet deep. And then he um, did you mention the teleport already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He teleports. Okay, so he 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 turns on the tractor. The dirt envelopes AJ's limp body, and then the last image you see of AJ is a dis is a hand sticking out into the dirt of the like of his glove as Undertaker rides off, and I can hear your keyboard really loud. As oh I'm- my goodness! Yes. Okay. Keep talking. <laughs> Um, Do you ever have you ever listened to Wrestling Observer Live? That's just basically you can hear Meltzer's chair and he's coughing. Uh, um, and so, on. where's my paper? Hold on. And so you see Undertaker before he revs up his motorcycle, he points at this building. It lights up on fire, and la- the laser uh, that makes his logo appear as Metallica sends us off into oh, the main event. Damn, American badass. Not American badass, all right? No. Stop fantasy booking. Keep rolling, rolling, rolling. No, okay. It um and that concludes night 1 of WrestleMania and I thought to myself, how the fuck is the Firefly Funhouse going to top this? And yeah. Bolt howdy, they listened to the prediction show. But before we get into that guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with our third co-host joining in. Jose Oseguero will be here in just one second. 
Guys, if you like what you're listening to, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe at CWR4 and by Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Check us out each week at SoundCloud.com slash City Wrestling Radio for The B Show, where me and Michael Vergara talk about NXT and AEW Dynamite. That's SoundCloud.com slash City Wrestling Radio. And we're back here, City Wrestling Radio, our WrestleMania 36 post show, back with our third co-host of the evening, or second co-host. Second. Yeah, second co-host. Well, no, he's third because there's three of us. Unless so third. Three, sir. Anyways, Jose Oseguera, he joins yes, sir? The, you joined the post show panel. How are you today? Very well, very well. Exhausted. How about you guys? Uh, I, I feel great, honestly. Three-hour WrestleMania, I think I can go another three. I'm exhausted. Oh, no, don't say that. I'm exhausted as well. I mean, I had a couple drinks at the beginning of the show, which led me to fall asleep halfway through the show. I think that's the main key from the last two WrestleManias that you and I have watched. Maybe drinking is not the best idea. Yeah. They served coffee to half the people in that bar last year. It was ridiculous. What do you think of night one, though, overall, real quick? Uh, almost 50-50 on it. it. It was, you know, at times it felt like an episode of Raw or SmackDown. At times it was pay-per-view quality, like yeah. that ladder match is unforgettable. Yeah. Um, other matches, you know, I don't remember what they were. So, <laughs> all right, well, we're gonna we're gonna run them down for you right now. Uh, no, 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 listen, Nikki Cross. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, yeah. What else was outstanding? Um, Daniel Bryan is outstanding as always. Um, yeah. Yeah. You're well, not going to say anything about the Boneyard. It was pretty, pretty yeah. nice. What, the, the Boneyard match? You like the Boneyard yeah. match? Well, I thought it was Ultimate Deletion. Sorry. Oh. oh, oh. oh we'll, get to, we'll get to Ultimate Deletion <sighs> comparisons as we go later into the show for Night 2. Night 2. Begins with Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley. Um, interesting, interesting that this starts the show. Uh, yeah, no. So Ripley comes out, and you know Charlotte, she has her regular kind of her robes on, whatever. But Ripley comes out in like kind of new attire with blue pants and white leather top. Looked. Really Am I the good. only one who thought she kind of looked like her attire kind of looked like Andrade's, and this was just kind of a slight uh, a flair. Like, yeah, look at me, I'm dressed up like your boy. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. That's the second I mean, time. I, I know I'm reading too much into it. I just thought that was that was kind of just that popped into my head. Yeah. Has she never rocked knee pads? Who uh, Ripley? Yeah. I don't remember her wearing knee pads. Did she? I don't remember. No. Either, but it, it was like un- unsettling that she didn't have knee pads. Yeah. Maybe because all the <laughs> offense was taken to the legs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so the two go back and forth uh, with Ripley repeating, "Oh really, Charlotte? Oh really, really, Charlotte? Really?" There was a lot of grunts and yelling in this match to a point where I kind of felt like I need to turn down the volume yeah. because there might be some heavy implications if people are only just listening to what I'm watching. I'll just say that. Your parents pull you uh, in the other when room. When you say that, my wife was in the other room and came in like, it sounds like you're watching something completely different. Uh-huh. Yeah. I know. Uh-huh. Um, it was pretty much the, the, the Miller Lite girls who were also in WrestleMania. That's all kind of you, you know. can't sell these ladies short. This was a good match, okay? No, the sound of it, the sound oh, okay. of it. I totally think agents told them to be as vocal as possible. Yeah, because like they've watched an episode of NXT once and they said, Dead air, we can't we can't have that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so Rip tied to Charlotte early in the match. Uh, Charlotte kicks out. Ripley has control pretty much for most of the match. Charlotte working on the left leg of Ripley. Charlotte then dashing, uh, dishing out multiple uh, boots to Ripley. 
Walls of Jericho applied to Ripley. That's when Ripley rolls out. Big boot to Charlotte, followed by another kick out. Kind of a sloppy spear to Ripley at one point by Charlotte. Um, I don't even think that was Charlotte's fault. That was, it seemed like Ripley didn't, doesn't know how to take a spear. Um, yeah, or it was just like, you know, fatigue. The match has gone on this long. I just think Ripley is a bigger competitor. She's tall. She's, she's a lot bigger than a lot of the other female wrestlers. So she's not used to getting speared like that. You know, she kind of stands toe to toe with Charlotte because they're both fairly tall, blonde women. You yeah. Know? Uh, let's see. Uh, so figure four turned into the figure eight and your new NXT women's champion, Charlotte Flair. Very, very interesting direction for this particular match because, you know, like you can come come away with this mentality saying, oh, that means Charlotte Flair is going to be in NXT, meaning Charlotte Flair as champion in NXT is going to, you know, move ratings in ahead, like ahead of uh, AEW. And like those matches, those, those segments with Charlotte Flair on NXT to the built up of this match, they did not move the needle at all. And yeah. so they they have that they kind of just they kind of know what they have in Charlotte with NXT. And I just think it's honestly a little baffling for Rhea to drop the title to Charlotte because I think I just think it's it was just too well, soon for Rhea to drop that title. What do you think, um, Jose? Uh, Do you guys notice on, on uh, night number one that they mentioned the ta- women's tag titles were floaters? Yeah, they're going to be on both shows or yeah, what yeah, have yeah. you. So what they're doing is they're going to just put these rules on the NXT title as well. So you're going to see that title floating around between SmackDown, Raw, and NXT all week long. Are, then that just sort of just creates that precedent. Does that just make that make every title like that? Then well, so far for the women, since it's only one, I that's that's super inconsistent. And, and the rosters are thinner for the women's side. Sure it is, but that's what they're going to go for, and you're going to see it. I mean, as we get later into the show, like, that NXT women's roster is going to get a little bit thinner. Well, there's, you know, still the fact that, you know, Charlotte Flair is a Raw competitor. She's she's not an NXT competitor, so she can be on Raw and hold that title and say, you know what, I'm bringing this title to the main roster. Uh, you know, I'm main eventing this now. You know, I'm bringing this title to new precedents and new, um, you know, the new prestige. promised land. Prestige. Yeah, prestige. There we go. I mean, if we're looking at this strictly in a sense of a long-term building, like you, you think about it all the way back to Survivor Series, where the entire, the entire fucking point of that, that pay-per-view was to get NXT as a brand over, and look at WrestleMania. Both NXT girls lost to this WrestleMania. Like, what does that say about NXT? Like, was this the plan all along, or was just them dropping kind of faith in that particular brand because oh, they're not they're not destroying dynamite? Damn it! No, it's mania. Nobody from NXT is going to get over on anyone from the main roster. That that just means Vince is getting is putting somebody over, and he's not down for that. Think about that too. Like, this is the first like NXT title match in within WrestleMania, and the NXT person lost. And yeah, I, yeah. I, I honestly think that's just, that's just, that's just super counterproductive. To well, me. The, the McMahon's show favoritism all the time, and this is favoritism one one. She's a flair, damn it, damn it. But all in all, like I thought, the match was actually pretty good, though. No, it was a dope match. I liked it. It was fun. Yeah, it, it was it actually one of, one of the funner matches I've watched in the past couple weeks on WWE TV. I can confidently say this is the best women's match in the entire all of WrestleMania. Oh. Uh, followed by a match that wasn't so fun. Aleister Black versus Bobby Lashley. Ah, good old Aleister Black versus Bobby Lashley. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Lashley has new tights. So that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. he's gonna tag team with Ricochet, considering uh, what that looks like. Right. I'm, I'm telling you, man. Like I've been playing a lot of Doom Eternal, so the the only the what I'm about to say only probably only the only people who are playing this game they'll probably only get. But I swear to God, man, like the entrance of uh, Alistair Black, the way he looked like like I'm talking to Bobby Lashley, just swap the super shotgun and the ballista, and I think you'll you'll handle him quite easily. That's it. That's only inside baseball. <laughs> uh, he looks like an enemy from Doom Eternal. He looks like a homeless person. Uh, let's just let's be honest. Same thing. Uh, um. So, uh, Alistair Black trying to get the upper hand on Lashley, but uh, Lashley outpowers Alistair the entire match. Uh, Lana screaming at the top of her lungs. You know, go for a spear. Go for a spear. I I must reference the Slack chat as this match was going on. It says, is Lana back? And then followed up with, yay! Yeah, because I was drunk and I wanted to cheer for Lana. I was thinking, like, who actually, who the fuck in this planet is that excited for a Lana? That's just cheap heat, man. I get my cheap heat from you guys when I cheer for Lana. So does this mean uh, Rusev comes back to conspire with Lana? I think Rusev can't do anything right now. (laughs) Rusev's like, I'm stuck in my home and I can't go anywhere. I'm sorry. Mm So uh, Alistair Black, though, does hit the black mask to Bobby Lashley when he goes for a spear. One, two, three, pin and the win. Uh, Mr. Black moves on to um, whatever the fuck he does. Yeah, whatever he does tomorrow night on Raw. And then, hey, honestly, maybe Drew McIntyre, his first Drew McIntyre opponent. It could be, could be. But then you don't want to beat Black that early. No. Build up to that, you know. Then we have, uh, which I think should have been the main event, Otis uh, (laughs) versus Dolph Ziggler. Otis Dozovich, that's what it was, right? Otis Dozovich? Uh, I mean, they just say Otis, so yeah. good. Uh, versus Dolph Lundgren Ziggler. With Sonya Deville. And when the, as these two enter, JBL or Michael Cole said, calls Sonya Deville with Dolph Ziggler the most despicable humans on planet Earth. And I'm like, yeah, huh, huh, I guess I guess you can call Sonya Deville that. All right. Yeah. That's this company. Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. I mean, storyline wise. Yeah. <laughs> don't want to read too much into it their heels but still yeah no okay whatever it's i i don't really get it in the long run but sure the story of this was uh okay so so the storyline of this mandy uh, and otis scheduled a date yeah sorry mandy and otis scheduled a date then sonya got mandy's phone told otis she was gonna be late that's when she sent dolphin there because apparently mandy's just like if otis isn't here i need to date somebody tonight and then she goes on the date with Dolph, and then I don't know. Then they hook up in the hotel room or something. They're having sex, and then all of a sudden she's like, "Wait, this is all conspired against." I don't. Some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I liked this buildup. You know, I thought I thought Otis really. I thought Otis and Mandy really carried themselves real well throughout the storyline. It kind of made it kind of made both of them. More so with Otis, but then a little, but interestingly enough, with Mandy, they kind of made her likable. Yeah, you know, they kind of made her like an at like, like a regular person, um, to a point where like, okay, like she seems legitimately endeared with Otis Dozovich's charisma. Um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, you really wanted to see Otis Dozovich actually succeed in this, but then you know, in the land of wrestling, 
the road is not without its hurdles. You got that whole Dolph Ziggler foolishness and Sonya Deville uh, conspiring against each other to make sure this date doesn't happen. And uh, yeah. the person who revealed it, which they had no follow-up in this match. Yeah, what the fuck was that? Oh, that's Mustafa Ali. Oh, oh no doubt. Yeah, but yeah. was it revealed? No. I mean, you saw that mask. That's clearly Mustafa Ali. Oh, I, I didn't see that. I didn't see the mask. And you part. saw the arc reactor at the beginning of the yes, of yes. The deal. Yeah. <laughs> Extremis. So it's me, um, Dolph, Dolph Ziggler versus Mustafa Ali next, right? I mean, sure. Like that match's pretty good on paper, but it's WWE, so it'll be whatever. Uh, uh. Unless he goes uh, on another review there <laughs> on somebody else. A couple more superstars that have been lying to people. I mean, like the comparisons. All the comparisons were made to was uh gtv if you remember that yeah yeah the 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 surveillance camera all seeing eye that never got figured out Mm -hmm. ever but hey you know that's uh yeah it's almost like that one time when alexa bliss was talking on a in a room with a boom mic next to her and they were like the mic's on oh that's right oh god what was that one where like it was Fuck no! It involved Mandy Rose, where like they wanted to make they wanted to make it look like one of um, Jimmy Uso. I think that's the one that's with uh, Naomi um, was gonna cheat on uh, oh, Naomi. I was was that Mandy Rose? And then they were like, it was all on camera, so everybody in the arena was watching. And I'm like, what kind of fucking plan is this? What kind of hotel it's room a, is the this? Camera followed him outside the room, but there was already a camera in the room when he broke yeah, in. Yeah, it's that kind of shit. Just um, yeah. but I, this match, Otis Ziggler, like nobody really cares about the match. Really, only people cared about was the ending and the booking uh, of the ending. Yeah, the ending of the match was uh, you know, Sonya Deville distracts Otis and the ref. Uh, low blow to Otis by Ziggler. Out comes Mandy Rose. Mandy slaps. Low Otis. Uh, Mandy slaps Sonya Deville, then she low blows Dolph Ziggler, Caterpillar to Ziggler, pin in the win for Otis, and Otis gets to kiss Mandy at the end of the match and carries her. Ah, He's going to have a uh, on, Like I said, this is one of the best, this one had, of the, had one of the best buildups, had a very succinct, succinct simple storyline that had people intrigued as the weeks went by because they did was a bit of a it was a bit built a bit slower than usual but still main, maintained the audience um i gotta say it's unfortunate that this happened in the, an empty performance center because had this happened at raymond james would have been the biggest pop of the night yeah had a mandy oh. kissing otis and this would have been like it would have been classic randy savage proposing to no, not 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 proposing. Um, Randy Savage reuniting with Elizabeth. Oh, like that. Was, like it would have been. People would have been crying. No, I was. Company. Jose, what'd you think? Um. Yeah. No, it was fun. Uh, like like you guys mentioned. Uh, it, finally, we get a concise storyline that goes somewhere and that actually pays off. Um, a happy like, ending too. Yeah, you get a happy ending, and, and that's what we need nowadays, right? A happy ending. It's about goddamn time they did this. And for and for somebody like Otis Dozovich, who I swear to God is probably the next Dusty Rhodes, goddammit. Listen, yeah, baby. I that intern wrote this storyline, too, and good for him. Who? An intern. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Why not? And then got then he got, yeah, he goes, ah, oh, this is good shit. I'm taking <laughs> oh, we'll over get this. There. We'll get there soon, man. <laughs> uh, next. And then we have what slowed the entire show down. Edge versus Randy Orton. Minutes and thirty-five seconds. How long? 
36 minutes and 35 seconds. I, wow. didn't, I didn't even watch the whole match. I I fell asleep. Fell that. asleep, and this is why we're doing this at 10 p.m. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, it is. <laughs> Just talking about this match is making my eyes heavy. This match sucked. All right, we don't want it. Like it was um it was walk and brawl, walk and brawl. And I'll say this: the best, and this was the number one match, the most, the one with the biggest buildup, the best buildup, the best promos, the best angles. Uh. And then. At the end of the day, and I've always said this, this is so awesome. This is top of the line stuff. We're gonna get a Randy Orton match, and what did we get? A fucking Randy Orton match. Yeah. Uh, so the match starts. Uh, Randy Orton hits RKO out of nowhere. Uh, he was dressed like a cameraman, uh, like you said, walk and brawl all throughout the back for about thirty-five that minutes. Dumb, dumb start. What? That was pretty dumb to start. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was. Uh, hey, there are worse things going on in this match. Uh, eventually, at the end of the match, uh, Edge does hit a was it a concerto <laughs> to uh, um, to uh, Randy Orton, and Randy Orton doesn't get up for ten because it's a last man standing match, and that's how you lose. So yep. Edge wins. Hey. So I there was this was this was taped. You can edit this down. Honestly, like they didn't have to show every single thing in this fucking match. And I, how much do you want to bet they did actually cut a lot more things down than they cut it, was it like down? An hour. Yeah, they actually cut it down to 36 minutes. <laughs> that would be a fucking nightmare. And everybody was legitimately bummed out about this match. And like it's, and it's too bad for Edge as his first return. Like, yeah, like it's good that. Th- at the end of the day, this is to get Edge back in ring shape. And for him to go 36 minutes and the way that he looked at the end of it was pretty impressive considering yeah. his age. He's like, what is he, like 49 years old? Um, yeah, I'm not – I'm going to – I hope he, I hope Edge doesn't like go on Twitter tonight. I hope Randy Orton does because fuck, man. Um, and it's just – it was a disappointment. It was – that's yeah. cut and dry. Yeah, um, like you said, it slowed the whole show down. I didn't, like I said, I didn't even finish watching it, and it was a bummer of a match. So, yeah, too long, too long without much, and with all the high stakes involved and history, nostalgia, and some of the best promos, and some of the best promos of these these guys cutting their entire career. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. After this, we have Gronk winning the twenty four seven title. Trust following. You yeah. knew that was going to happen. Like yeah. we should have guessed it yesterday. We knew it's going to happen. Like as soon as he was up there in that purse, he's jumping out of there. I uh, yeah. I knew once they made that twenty four seven title, I'm like that's going on Gronk one of these days. That's I, dude, I, that I, dude I, was not practicing social distancing because he was around with way more than ten people in that entire yeah. fucking yeah. Uh, so he wins twenty four seven title by pinning Mojo Rawley because I forgot to mention the night before Mojo Rawley pinned r Truth. Yeah. Then we have the Street Profits versus Angel Garza and Austin Theory. Still hear that wine glass, sir. It's not a wine glass now. I'm doing something else now. Well. Anyways. Um, uh, Street Profits, Garza, Theory. It was a match. It was a raw tag team match. Well, yeah. Yeah. It was a raw tag team match. I was going to say, like, oh, it's not that bad. But if you said it's a raw tag team match, yeah, that's, that's also true. Uh, it was fine. Like, the post-match, I feel like, is the one that people are going to keep talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I miss a lot of this match. I just saw a post-match with a surprise. Yeah. Uh, the end of the match had a uh, frog splash to Theory, and Dawkins rolls onto Theory for the pin and the win. After the match, though, Theory and uh, Garza and Zelina Vega all beat down on the Street Profits. That's when 
Uh, Bianca Belair uh, comes in for the save. Woo! And uh, I guess, I mean, this is probably her moving up to the main roster. Yeah, no, it honestly, I feel like this is the time to do it. Um, if they were never, if, if Bianca Belair stayed at NXT any longer, I feel like she, it was the right time. Yeah. Um, and the fact that she gets now, she gets to travel with Montez Ford. And you, did you see Montez Ford? That was, that was really good. around the ring. Like he was just in, he was just in awe of Bianca's presence, which I thought was very, was <laughs> yeah. very much adorable. That was very um, adorable. Yeah. I like that. So, yeah. So pairing Bianca Belair with the Street Profits, I think, adds, much like a lot i think that's a really good addition to street profits um especially with now that you have like zelina vega being zelina vega with that group like you could you you got a stew going on this on this program and i think a good a good for bianca belair and montez ford they get to travel together now um i bet you this is something they've always they wanted to do for quite some time i bet you bianca belair wanted this for quite some time and we'll see how it goes i it's not bad yeah. yeah, we were teased her call up back in at the Rumble when she had a little tussle with uh, with uh, Charlotte Flair. So it's, it's going to be interesting and fun. Yeah. Uh, then we move on to uh, Titus O'Neil. I guess he's hosting the rest of the uh, the rest of the show because Gronk. Boy, did he! <laughs> I guess he just had to leave for the night. Boy, did Titus O'Neil host that? Well, he he had, hosted no. WrestleMania. He had two segments. Uh, then we go into the Fatal Five Way match: Sasha Banks, Lacey Evans, Tamina. Naomi and Bailey uh, for the SmackDown Women's Title. Uh, everyone goes after Tamina, and uh, Tamina's the first one eliminated after everyone. Banks hitting her six one nine, an elbow by Bailey, a frog splash by Banks, a moonsault by Evans, and a split leg moonsault by in- by Naomi. Everyone pins Naomi. She's eliminated first. Uh, Banks damage to Naomi. Submission over Sasha Banks eliminates Naomi. Uh, Bailey hits Banks with a knee at one point, kind of uh, inadvertently. Uh, that's when uh, Lacey tries to go after Bailey. She gets pushed into Banks, hits Banks with the women's right. It comes down to Lacey Evans and Bailey. Uh, then the two, uh, you know, I don't know. Sasha Banks then helps Bailey, even though they were kind of having a little tussle earlier. Hits her with the backstabber, and Bailey does her face smash thing that she does. I don't even know what to call that. And uh, Yeah, they never gave it a name, honestly. Uh, then she pins Lacey Evans to retain her title. I I can't... I don't think Lacey Evans should ever be a heel. You know, especially with somebody with a gimmick of sassy Southern Belle. That just screams not good things to me, personally. <laughs> um, and I just thought this was... Hey, listen, it, it, it's, it, it furthers the storyline. Yeah. What do you think? You know, I can't really, I can't really think of anything definitive to say about it until. Uh, uh, this is definitive. Pre-show match. This should have been on the pre-show, hundred percent. Ah, no. There was no is... change. The, the the drama was minimal. Uh, I, if this is the main, I mean, this is the your main women's storyline on SmackDown, which is arguably the A show. You know, on Fox, like you would have it's to on put Fox. This... But almost nothing happened. I I wouldn't I wouldn't almost necessarily nothing. say that. Uh, there was a little bit of an argument between Sasha and Bailey, and that was it. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, it was a match. And we can all agree that Bailey's new gimmick is just her going through puberty, right? And she doesn't know how to deal with her emotions. Correct? Sure. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't I mean, know. I don't know. She just comes out looking angry. I mean, she, just, she kind of just comes off like uh, like everybody says, like her with her haircut. She is, she is Karen. 
She's Karen from HR. No, yeah, she's Karen. She's um, like that that woman. She is that woman. Or she could be rebelling because her mom started dating and Jim isn't as good as her dad, so she's rebelling. Exactly. Well, she's 13 now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell what to do. I'll give her 17. Yeah. And then, okay, Michael, we're here. We can finally talk about it. The Firefly Funhouse match. Well, the thing is, we could just describe what happened or... We could just play my prediction on the prediction show. Time travel involved. They're going to have to go through basic thugonomics. They're going to like recreate. No, that was have- last year. They did They did thugonomics last year, remember? No, no, no. But they're going to. No, here, hear me out. Hear me out. They're going to just go. They have so much archival footage in WWE, right? They're going to intersperse footage of Kurt. They're going to get Kurt Angle. They're going to intersperse footage of John Cena's match against Kurt Angle. And then. So through the powers of video editing, Kurt Angle is going to somehow turn into Bray Wyatt. They're going to get John Cena to wear his old ring gear for that debut. And John Cena is going to wonder, like, I'm back in my first match. And then John, Bray Wyatt's going to be like, isn't that right, John? This is your first match. And you're going to face me. You're going like, to die. Go fucking go balls to the wall, bullshit. Oh, Which was basically yes, what it was. And this was a psychological face fucking of John Cena. Yeah. This was pretty much Bray Wyatt pretty much deconstructing the entire character of what John Cena has been his entire career as this guy who just refuses to let the future change. Um, I'm going to quote a tweet from one Austin Walker of um he former writer of waypoint of uh, vice games and he tweeted in case anyone was wondering how wrestlemania was going john cena is currently finding his way through a supernatural projection of his own unconscious anxieties about his own history as a performer this is not a bit and i think that perfectly summarizes what is ostensibly going to be the segment that i feel like everybody's going to be talking about for years in this particular WrestleMania event. I thought this was a masterpiece of a character that I myself has been just fascinated about like, like beyond wrestling of who what John Cena is, what he represents and like the whole meta machinations of what he, he encapsulates within pro wrestling. Like you, people will write essays about this. And I just thought like, Big ups to WWE for being capable of like delivering something of this level of sophistication. Jose, he took the weaknesses of men and made them something to laugh at. You know, it, yeah, wait, I love this. Yeah, it was definitely, you know, it was something else. So basically what happened is we'll run down what happened. Cena comes to the ring, uh, welcomes us all to WrestleMania, and that's when the funhouse begins. Uh, Cue title, cue music, uh, Firefly Funhouse begins. Bray says, uh, there's another world among us, so we're gods, devils, and angels. They all live as neighbors. John, just take a look at who you are. You're about to face the hardest opponent yet, yourself. Hey, man, you're about to face yourself, John Cena. Uh, John. Then what ap- happened next, man? <laughs> John then appears in the fun house. He is met by Ramblin' Rabbit. Uh, Rabbit tells Cena to go into the door to find Bray. It's the door behind him that you never see Bray go into. Uh, but so jo- John Cena goes in her to follow Bray Wyatt. John is in a dark room with a Vince McMahon doll. And Vince says, uh, he, you know, if he has enough ruthless, ruthless aggression like he had before, go out there. And just like you said, as soon as I saw that whole ruthless aggression thing, I'm just like, yeah, they're fucking doing it. 
Uh, just what like you I said, say? yeah, uh, it cuts the ring kind of. Bray Wyatt's playing Kurt Angle, but it's cutting back to clips of Kurt Angle calling out, you know, if there's anyone in the back who has enough ruthless aggression. Come on out. Uh, that's when John Cena, with a full head of hair, comes out dressed like the prototype and behind the fucking SmackDown fist. Yeah, behind the, the yeah he had the SmackDown fist behind him. Uh, he comes out and. Um, you know, John Cena, for some reason, he's stuck in this moment where he just says ruthless aggression. Uh, that's when Bray Wyatt ducks all the punches and Bray or John Cena seems perplexed. You know, he seems, why can't I use ruthless aggression? He tries to hit him again because that's what happened in the past. But this is not the past. This is the fun. It's house. a metaphor of him missing because this was at a point where John Cena was teetering on the brink of being fired at that point. Yeah. You know, it's it's layers, man. Metaphors. Think about it. And they even said it. Well, they even said, like, weren't you about to be fired at this time, John Cena? Uh-huh. They snuck in a Nikki Bella reference, too, which, man. Oh, I didn't even see that. He oh, said, you uh, can look, but you can't. Yeah, yeah, Bray. That oh, was that's funny. great. Uh, then it cuts to a Saturday night's main event, which I thought was weird, but I. This is a bit of that. This was kind of a diversion. Yeah. <laughs> no, Cena has been known to be like I was a wrestling fan back in the day, and Saturday night main event. It was something I could wait for, so it was a, a callback to that. Okay. Okay. So uh, Bray uh, cutting an '80s style promo, introducing John John Cena as his partner, called Johnny Large Meat. Uh, Johnny Ooh. is vigorously lifting weights and eventually breaks his arms. Because he's lifting so hard and so fast, and he just can't keep it up. Now you think, okay, now I'm going to deconstruct this scene a little bit. You think this is a way of John Cena, he, he's he been put under, put under pressure to be a lot larger, a lot bigger, build his body up a lot more at the behest of his own performance. Because back when, like, by the time when he, like, gets all, you know, worked out, when he was working out, he can barely move his arms. He can't yeah. perform well. And you think this is a, more or less a metaphor of his his look affecting his his actual potential as a performer. And I thought, sure, like, yeah, oh, I'll, I'll take a bite of that apple. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I can definitely see that. Uh, you know, John Cena, you know, right here, like you said, he was lifting so hard that he couldn't even move his arms. So, yeah, that could definitely be something. What else happened? Uh, yeah, so then it cuts to uh, John Cena. He's the doctor of thugonomics yet again for the second year in a row. Um, he, you know, he comes out to the ring, and all he can he can only um, re- rebuttal or respond in rhyme in rap literature. Is that what the kids are calling it? Rap literature. Sure. Spit rhymes. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah, spit rhymes. Uh, Bray's uh, triggered then by the word chances, said, you know, he's he's tried really hard for his chances, where Cena is the golden goose and he had a chance after chance after chance. And didn't you kind of see in this match that kind of John Cena was the heel in this match at a certain a point? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was sort of the point. Like, yeah. Go ahead. Um, Bray then disappears and strikes Cena from behind with Cena's chain. Uh, Bray is now um, his original gimmick from their Mania match. Was it Mania 32? Or what's Mania? Um, thir- it was 30 because 30, yeah. 30, yeah. Because it, it harkens back to the whole go to the dark side, John. Yeah. Go to the dark side. Uh, you know, he said you made a, uh, the wrong decision years ago. Um, it's time to, you know, you know, right the wrongs, John. He gives him the chair. Um, like I said, he, um, let's see. And then it cuts to, um, Let's see. He has in the chair. What's up? Swing and a miss in the chair. Yeah. 
Uh, then it cuts to WCW Nitro. What? Bray Wyatt being Eric Bischoff. This is weird. He, he fucking nailed it, though, with the mannerisms. Yeah. And did you see just, uh, Eric Bischoff's tweet afterwards? No. What did he say? He was like, huh, fired in October, and now I'm headlining WrestleMania. <laughs> weird. weird. Yeah. Yeah, talk about a dude who got fucking played. But yeah, this. Um, yeah, go ahead. It was Sorry. weird though because uh, Bray was wearing a red and black NWO shirt, mm-hmm. and then when Cena came out, he was wearing full black and white NWO. Do you want to on Hollywood I mean, Hogan? I think that's what Bischoff was wearing in the video. I think no, he wasn't. No, he, black and white. He was wearing okay. black and white in the video. Sure. Yeah, but, but this I think it was the introduction of Hollywood Hogan to uh, WCW yeah. after he won the title. Yeah. Uh, it cuts back, like I said, um, he's playing Eric Bischoff, uh, Cena comes out, he's playing Hogan, kind of like a style of Hogan, but it's John Cena, it's like NWO John Cena. So, uh, yeah. but then it cuts back to the common, well, the, well, wait, before that though, so like, let me deconstruct this scene where, so they want, Cena is pretty much an analog to Hollywood Hulk Hogan because, Everybody, I remember this was. I vividly remember everybody and their mothers wanted John Cena to turn heel, right? Yeah. And this was the same. The same thing was said about Hulk Hogan, and everybody saying when Hulk Hogan turned heel, business was fucking booming. He was the hot, like he was the hottest thing in the entire company. And they, uh, like according to Bray, if they pretty much just went the whole entire Hollywood Hogan route with John Cena, you would get the same results. You know, he's he's kind of just thinking like this is what you can be. Cena. Well, John Cena had a whole heel persona ready to go. WWE had that mm-hmm. ready to go. Right. They, they just never did. Just they, never did. Yeah, they just never, they never did. Yeah. So well, this is the, the, they didn't pull the trigger because of the Make a Wish kids. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Um. So then, um, like you said, it's uh, they cut back to this commentary table where it's uh, Vince and uh, the Buzzard, and the Vince doll just says, ah. Oh, this is good shit. <laughs> they fucking did it. They, they fucking did it. Yeah. So. It's, it is entire like, yeah. Like, as much as I like to groan about, oh, they're saying insider baseball stuff, like, and how easy it is to call it lame. Like, this, this had timing to it. This had, like, real, like, weight to the, like, they, they nailed it. Like, holy shit. I popped when he said that. Like, holy yeah. crap. And they actually said shit at yeah. WrestleMania. They yeah. they said a swear. Uh, well, then Cena's beating down on Bray Wyatt. Um, you know, then he start, they start playing quick clips of all of uh, kind of Cena's failed moments. Even cutting to a slowed down moment of CM Punk uh, blowing a kiss, taking the title after Money in the Bank 2012. I missed that. I must have blinked. Um, yeah. So... Uh, then the fiend appears behind Cena, Sister All of Abigail. All John Cena's failures, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sister Abigail, followed by a mandible claw to John Cena, and I guess it's a pin. Bray Wyatt is the referee, while the fiend is the wrestler. Yeah. So. And I and, thought the way that was executed, like, shh. whoa. Whoa, go unlooked. That was an awesome choice. Is making Bray Wyatt the center of the of the whole show. You could yeah. say, and not the fiend. The fiend is just another vessel that he used to help beat John Cena. But the fact that Bray Wyatt was the one—it's like poetry. These guys both have certain personas to them. I, I felt like the fiend was more of an extension and not really a character. And the, evolution. Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt was the Lex Luthor of everything. Yeah, no, it definitely was. Um, it was good. I liked it. What'd you think of? What'd you like more, the Funhouse or? Or the the boneyard match. Oh, I thought the phone. I thought the the fun house was 
was something of a level of sophistication that I thought WWE was never capable of doing. Like to a point where I just felt like Vince McMahon had nothing to do with it. To a point where I feel like he actively tried to get rid of it. Um, and 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 listen, as much as I really do want to toot my own horn of actually like calling it and like yeah. accurately predicting it, um, there really was no other direction you could possibly go with John's with a John Cena match as you know cinematic as this. Like this is a guy who's who has a long storied career, and this is. And he's facing an opponent where he his main mantra is mind games. And really, like, if you do, like, a career retrospective of John Cena in this certain perspective, yeah, you have a ton of ammunition to go against this guy. And I thought it was just so wonderfully executed and just, like, the, whole, the, the sheer tone of it. And I thought the pacing was... I think the pacing was a lot better because, like, I'm looking at these times. Like, the Boneyard match was 19 minutes. This is 13 minutes. Like, this was just – this was very – a lot more succinct. Yeah. There was parts that the Boneyard match did kind of drag a little bit, you know, getting from point A to point B. But, like, fuck, man. And it's and it's kind of – and you don't want to do this multiple times. You don't want to keep on doing this for every – like, as much as I want every Undertaker match to be a Boneyard match – I don't think you can do this with uh, Bray Wyatt. Um, no, no, no. I think that I just think that with John, it, I think what makes it so special is because of the character of John Cena. You know, like yeah. this this whole Superman dynamic of him. When you are in a business where you're trying to make it as realistic as possible, and when you have somebody like John Cena who kind of defies that that sort of uh, ethos, you. You, there's a lot to unpack yeah when when you tackle that sort of that sort of thing and for the most part I thought WWE did it wonderfully what do you think Jose um, you know boneyard match is your standard uh, false count anywhere but we're outside and we're pre-taping it's just it's like two in, southern dads it, fighting so we, we've seen it before it's a buried alive match it's a you know bunkhouse brawl match yeah. uh, ultimate deletion is in that vein um, but it does fall a little bit more on. Uh, how am I gonna say this? That was Ultimate Deletion was creative, yeah, and new, and the Bray Wyatt thing just took it out of the moon. But I mean, if you're gonna do a segment like that, you go balls to the wall, you put the pedal to the metal, and you just go there, and that's what they did. Yeah, that's what uh, I think. The majority of this is Bray Wyatt's uh, brainchild. And he he knew that the only way to get this over was to go over the line and pass and beyond it and just take it. Yeah, awesome. yeah, awesome. I, I I enjoyed the uh, funhouse match a lot more than I did uh, the boneyard match because, like you said, the uh, the boneyard match kind of dragged and there was a point where it was just kind of like a B list action movie and I was kind of like, okay, I'm not a huge fan of action movies, let alone you know. I was waiting for Steven Seagal to come out any second. Hey, what's going on? I mean, Undertaker pretty much is Steven Seagal. Uh, Yeah, pretty much. uh, No, but you got to give John Cena a ton of credit here, too. Like, uh, this is he he was for a guy who's notorious for not being for not giving in the in the broadest sense of the term. Oh, he has been though for the past couple of years. He's not the master of shovels, you know, like a Hogan or a Triple H. He just wins a lot. Um, but. Like he, this is a guy who just who seriously went with it, you know. Yeah. Like this is a guy like he is, he is in Hollywood. He has acting Hollywood. jobs, and the way he sold everything, the way he reacted, his facial expressions, the way he really just went with whatever the hell he was given. He, and he took it serious. Yeah, 
Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure, saw, I'm sure he saw the script and said, "Fuck yeah, let's go." Let's yeah. Do- well, he's oh, yeah. been he's been uh, a lot more giving over the past couple of years, you know. Well, definitely. He's at that point of his career now. Yeah. So, guys, I mean, we, we John can't... Cena disappears out of thin air after he gets pinned too. Very cool. Very cool. I thought that was like, oh my god, is if but this, this is, we don't see we. I would love it if we genuinely, genuinely do not see John Cena for the next two years. No, he's trapped in the Firefly Funhouse. Like that, yeah. If he is, if he, he does show up. Back, no, and then they need to make it a fucking like a Jesus coming back kind of moment. <laughs> oh the second God. John Cena comes out, comes back, and like for him to return, it has to. And and they'll do it. They'll they'll fucking hot shot it. Like they'll do it like six months. No, this needs to be. This needs to be a year. This needs or two. This should be next WrestleMania. Yeah. It, it might be because what's he been doing lately after WrestleMania is he's just been disappearing and going back to Hollywood. So that might be the, a metaphor for him disappearing after Mania. Yeah. Yeah, this is his write-off. It's psychological write-off. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, is, yeah. we can't stay here and talk all day about the Firefly Fun House. We need to get some time to this main event. I mean, this was... That I was mean, the main event? Yeah. yeah. Blink. I'm you blinked. Yeah, there was a main event, and it was pretty fast. It was about, what, six minutes? Four minutes and 35 seconds. Four wow. minutes and 35 seconds with Drew McIntyre beating Rock Lesnar to become the WWE champion a title once held by bruno san martino hulk hogan and rick flair to name a few uh control c uh the braun Strowman goldberg match control v for the drew mcintyre brock lesnar match find and replace spear and big slam to f5 no. to claim no, it was uh, a claim order Brock followed by a kick out. German to Drew, German to Drew, German to Drew, F5 to Drew, kick out, F5 to Drew, kick out, F5 to Drew, kick out. Paul Heyman yells, keep it up. He can't kick out all night. Brock goes for an F5, reverses into a Claymore, 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 pin, win. That's so the entire was, match. There was a rumor going around <laughs> that um, they were shooting this in sequence and that they were going on last and that... Uh, Brock Lesnar was actually upset with Vince the fact that they weren't they were not the first ones getting it getting that match Brock and there's a reason home. and there's and there's a reason why it was four minutes long and there was a reason why Paul Heyman didn't do the you know ladies and gentlemen Brock wanted to go home Brock wanted to go home and I don't blame him mm-hmm. yeah I mean that's it Drew McIntyre is your new WWE champion and I'll say this right my actual reaction good for Drew he, he, look, think- he looks good with the title he looks great with the title. Damn fucking shame it's not Raymond James. Yeah. I mean Damn fucking shame. And that's why I was sort of like, maybe they should hold off on this. But then do you really want to? Like let's just make him champion, I guess. Yeah. It's it was it's tough. It's a tough it's a tough call. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. I've been a strong advocate for Drew McIntyre for a while now. So it's you know A lot of good pe- a lot of people were. Yeah, it's good to see, you know, it, it finally paying off. Yeah, because like it's it's a really tough position to be in when you're the person who's pegged to, for the WrestleMania main event. Like God knows, Roman Reigns what has that been there for has been in that position for fuck like five years, and it's just the it's really easy for the audience to just kind of resent the natural choice for this person, you know, and for Drew McIntyre to really just be who was potentially just kind of just a guy. And and then to transition to being the your Royal Rumble winner and to be the guy who faces Rock Lesnar at the main event of WrestleMania, 
he he passed with flying colors to the eyes of the audience. You know, people love the Claymore gimmick. People love the countdown gimmick. Yeah. I think he's really he was he really captivated a lot of people. Like, am I he am I gonna say he's the best wrestler in the world? No, it's it's WWE. Like, it's he's gonna wrestle that style and in the style that's he's gonna wrestle in. But for Drew McIntyre, it's it was. Long time coming. It's a it's a great story that WWE chronicled that they were showing. A that should have been on Raw, and B really endeared me to Drew McIntyre as a performer, and so good for him. What's gonna happen that's next? That's on Raw tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. What's gonna happen next? I have no fucking clue. I am an advocate for just suspending all wrestling at this point on because you really can't go. No, we need Money in the Bank on May the tenth, twenty twenty. My God. Oh um, my God. Yeah, that made that raw after mania though. It's that that crowd. Oh my god, that's gonna be a hot crowd tomorrow night. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, well, you know what the good news is? We finally get two uh, champions that are full time and not two part timers. Yeah. <laughs> At least <laughs> they're there every week. That's what you yeah, want. You're made of yeah. yeah. And I feel like that was the end of the, that, and then that was the bottom line for WrestleMania. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, Bailey and uh, Becky were the only. Singles titles, right? That didn't change. Well, I guess no. I mean, who the fuck knows? Brock Lesnar could probably get easily just get this title back in four months and whatever. Yeah. yeah. Square one? Oh, God. Going back to his land, though, it's okay. But now it's, you know, we look to the head to the future. What's going <clears> to <throat> happen, you know, tomorrow night on Monday Night Raw, the Raw after Mania? Who's going to make their surprise debut? Who's. It would have been Bianca Belair, but they, I guess they just did that in Mania. Yeah. Um, Nia Jax. Nia Jax. That makes sense. I mean, she's around the area. Maybe she'll go, maybe she'll go to NXT or something. I don't know. That's the thing. You don't have many, that many people, and like, they're are they going to make people travel? Like, are people home, and then they're going to come back? And like, how easy no. is it? Well, and the majority of the people they stay in Florida. Yeah, it could be just a Florida team, like Floridians stay in Florida, pretty much. Yeah. So, but. Nonetheless, that was WrestleMania 36, guys. Ooh. One for the ages. One definitely for an age. Or two. <laughs> you, how, how you doing, Corey? You sound like you've just watched all of them all at once. Uh, I'm just, I'm it, I'm exhausted. I'm tired. But of course. It's WrestleMania. That, that's what happens every time we watch one of these things. All right, guys. I guess that about does it here for us here tonight. Uh, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe at CWR4 and 5 Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm Corey Smith. I'm Michael Vergara. Yeah, everyone at the same time. Uh, let's just say, yeah, Michael Vergara, Michael Vergara, Michael Vergara, Michael Vergara. Michael Vergara. Jose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Corey Smith. Michael Vergara is right there. Say goodbye, Michael. Michael Vergara is right. Uh, and also our third co-host, Jose Oseguera. Have a good City night. City Wrestling J. Thank you, sir. And like I said, we'll be back later this week for the B Show. Guys, have one for you. See you later. Wait, I thought wrestling's over. Bye. You better catch the bad boys are back. Hold the block. Tip off the top. We won't be stopped. We're no one improved. They got the grand groove. Pump it up, pump it up. And raise the groove. It swings, swings, swings. Like the mighty thought. You need to call it the fantastic thought. So pick it up, pump it up. The bad boys are back.